This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, Matt, as we always do, we throw out, uh, or usually do, some to, to our Twitter audience, at Matt underscore Bove, at Sal Sports. I really like this one that came in because I have one in mind. I want to ask you first. Chris Janke. By the way, Chris, at Real Chris Janke. Uh, we met Chris at Barbell. Yes, Chris. Great. Thank you for coming the thank other day. Chris, really appreciate you, man. Thank you. You're always here interacting with us. He says, are there any stories slash reports coming out of Bill's training camp that you think fans are largely overreacting to? I have one. Do you? Um, hmm. <laughs> not anything that, I mean, I was going to say Stefan Diggs, like the Stefan Diggs stuff at the beginning of training camp, but from a strictly football standpoint, no, I don't think anything particularly jumps out for me. What's yours? I think there's a large one going on right now. I think the panic, if I want to call it that, over the backup quarterback position is way of an overreaction. Listen, anybody you see in a Bills uniform playing center after Josh Allen is not going to look anything like you just saw Josh Allen. That's number one. So the bar is extremely high. Number two, Kyle Allen is still learning this offense. He's been on the job two weeks against the live defense. He's going to take a little more time. No doubt about it. Number three. Can I do yes. number three? Oh, I, you had number three. I thought you were just going to do two. Go ahead. I'm you're probably going to say the exact. You're going to say the exact same thing I was going to say. They're not game planning for these guys. They're uh-huh. they're playing against their own defense every day, just running their offense. Like if you had to win four games with Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley, who we all know anyway, they're going to tailor the game plan specifically for that person for strengths and weaknesses. That's not happening in practice. Number four. If Kyle Allen did have to play in a game, he would not be playing with the people he's practicing with. He would be playing with much more talent. Kyle Allen would be throwing to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and handing off to James Cook and playing behind Mitch Morse. So yeah, it makes sense that he doesn't look as good because he's playing with no offense to them, but a bunch of linemen who you've probably never heard of. And he's throwing to Andy Isabella and Tyrell Shavers and Reggie Wayne's nephew, who's no longer on the team. So yeah, I don't think there, it, this was the same conversation that happened last year because Case Keenan played in the preseason and kind of struggled for a little bit, but he was also playing with a bunch of guys who weren't starters. So to sales point, if there's an injury that happens to Josh Allen, the bills have a lot of problems to figure out and quarterback is not the only one. All right, John Brown, not the former wide receiver, I think. I don't know. It could be John Brown, the wide receiver. Uh, He probably listens. He probably listens. (laughs) Uh, He says, not related to this team, but I do like this. What was the Vontae Davis retirement like for you when you covered the team? Were you, Matt, were you, what were you doing at that time? I was, I was, I was on the sideline. I was there. I was there. How about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I was on the sidelines and I was, you know, talking, but we didn't know. Like, Vontae didn't come out, but 
I don't think we knew he retired at halftime, right? If I, that's the part I'm trying to remember. When did we know that happened? Not till after the game, right? We didn't know it happened until after the game. And there was like a lot of like kind of confusion as to what ultimately ended up happening that day. And uh... what I do remember, though, it will always stay with me was how pissed Lorenzo Alexander was. I, yeah. And, and I'm telling you, like, it matters, right, to those guys. This wasn't a joke to them. Like, Lorenzo Alexander was mad. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that guy. And, you know, there's a brotherhood, right? I mean, they're in there. They're battling. And then for him to walk away like that, like, that will always stick with me. I think the things that I remember from that game, there's a couple of things. The first thing I remember is not specifically from the game, but it's from the aftermath of the game. And it's that video of Tredavious White and LaShawn McCoy talking about Vontae Davis telling the team that he was retiring. And it is the funniest freaking video. The second thing I remember from that game. So that game was right in the middle of all of the protesting that was happening in the NFL during the national anthem. So I remember going into that game because I'm on the sideline. I was shooting games at that time, realizing the most important stuff that was going to happen in that game from my vantage point was before kickoff even happened during the national anthems, because like LaShawn was stretching during the anthem of that game off to one side. There were several Bills players that kneeled. There were several Broncos players that kneeled. I mean, that was a national, national news story. Well, that was the following week. The Chargers game was when Vontae retired. Oh, you're right. The Broncos game was the next week. Correct. But, but oh, okay. My bad. My bad. Was that 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 couple week period there? Because Vontae Wait, retired. Was... In Josh's first ever home start. First ever start. The, okay. Yes, you're right. Because that was week two, and they got their doors blown off. But then Josh kind of made a little bit of a comeback in the second half. Here in that game, okay, they were getting beaten pretty badly. McDermott yeah. took play calling away from Leslie oh, Frazier. They yes. came back a little bit in the second half, made a bit of a game of it. It wasn't never really yeah. threatened, but they looked a lot better. Then they go to Minnesota the next week as that huge underdog. They win the mm-hmm. game. McDermott gave the play calling back to Frazier in that particular game. The other thing I remember about this Chargers game. Oh, then my year is completely off. The Broncos game was the year before because the Broncos game was in 2017. That's correct. That's right. And Vontae Davis, Vonte Davis was in 2018. So my bad. Take they, everything I said about the Broncos game and throw it out. So now we're even. I had the whole preseason touchdown pass <laughs> thing wrong. We're all good here, okay? Yeah. Here's the other thing I remember about that game. That game was the Taiwan Jones helmet came off, got hit in the yes. head. Yes. Dude, that happened right in front of me. That happened five yards in front of me. And I remember seeing that guy get hit. That was crazy. That was crazy. Just to see that amount of violence literally happen right on an NFL field was kind of scary, to be honest. All right, let's go to... I can't believe that was Josh's rookie season. Yes. His first game, his first start. Think about how long ago that was. Amazing. I know time does time does go. You know, what's crazy is I'm realizing how fast time goes by and now having the baby, everybody keeps telling me like, it's only going to get crazier. So on Monday night, we moved the baby from the bassinet to the crib, which was terrifying. Like the anxiety that came with that. So I slept on an air mattress next to the crib because I was so worried, but I feel like I brought the baby home from the hospital a day ago. And now she's in a crib, not even in the bassinet anymore. I mean, next the next podcast we do, she's going to be driving. That's how quick it's going to yes. go in your life. Just yeah, basically. Uh, Clover exactly. in Texas. I, I love Clover. She calls WGR as well. 
I'll give you this one, Matt. She says, what's the scoop on Justin Shorter? Matt, how's Justin Shorter look so far in camp? Justin Shorter is one of those players who I think really pops when there's not pads on because he is just such a large person and he can just go out there and win those contested balls and look like he's heads and shoulders quite literally ahead on top of everybody. Besides that, nothing like really, really stands out. A couple plays where you're wondering like, okay, how much is this guy going to actually play? And then a couple plays where you're like, okay, this guy's a freak athletically. He's going to make the team because he's going to be a special teams contributor. So I wouldn't say there's any change to the stock. If the stock on Justin Shorter was $10 a month ago before camp started, it's still $10. I don't think it's gone up much. It's gone down much. I think it's just kind of the same. The preseason is a big opportunity for him because wide receivers, skill position players, those are often the guys that get showcased during the preseason, and he should be at the top of the list for people that you're looking out for. By the way, Nick also asked that question of Justin Shorter, so glad we could get to that because uh, there's been um, some buzz about him that people want to know. A little bit. All right, let's ask this. JB, if you could add uh, any player in the NFL to this year's team before week one. You can, this, is, this is an interesting question because it, it's not Patrick Ooh. Mahomes because you already have Josh Allen, right? Well, could be Patrick Add Mahomes Holmes. because then it, it could be Patrick Mahomes because then the Chiefs don't have him and you have both <laughs> of them. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, I, always, I always struggle with questions like this. It's like, I mean, I guess there's so many great players. I don't know. You'd say Justin Jefferson. He's amazing, right? And like, but I don't know. Do they, how much of a value would that be over maybe a Nick Bosa, <laughs> someone like that? I would say, I think the two people who I immediately got to were Nick Bosa and Aaron Donald, because I wonder like how good would those guys be? But you could also make the same argument about a cornerback somewhere. Could you say, okay, who's the best corner in the NFL and put them opposite Trey white. And then you'd be like, our secondary is that guy, Trey white. And then Mike Hyde and, Jordan Poyer, like that's pretty unbelievable too. I like your call though of Nick Bosa. I think that would be a a very for me it would be like Nick Bosa, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Those would be like the top three. I think I would come up with. All right, uh, there was one more here I liked, but I can't find it anymore. And if I can find it, I'll give credit to who it was. It goes back to the uniform thing. Someone asked and they tweeted in. Would you? Here we go, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Would you like to see the NFL have a throwback week where every team playing that week wore their throwback jerseys? I like that. I think that's a cool idea, a throwback week. I like that idea too. I like that idea, but I would only like that idea if that meant they could still do it a different time. Like if everybody did it that week, I think that would be cool. But I also think it would be a little bit unfair to the teams that were on the road that week because then you wouldn't be able to play with those jerseys in your home stadium. So yeah, I would like that idea, but I also think that like, if you're a team that's playing on the road during that week, you should also get a chance to wear those jerseys at home. Like there was a thing a couple weeks ago out of new England. One of the guys who covers the Patriots posted all of the jerseys that the opposing teams were wearing against the Patriots this coming year. And I think it was wrong because they posted like a bills retro Jersey. And I remember looking at it and being like, it's weird. I don't think if the Bills were unveiling a retro jersey, they would be doing it on the road. That just doesn't make sense. They had a red helmet in that picture, too, by the way. Um, yeah, it was like the old school 90s white jerseys that almost looked like those like retro Giants jerseys as well with the red helmet. And that was just like, yeah, maybe they would wear them on the road for something. But I don't know. That would be like the Patriots wearing the red jerseys in Buffalo. Like that just doesn't make much sense. All right, so I, I've run through these. If you have any more you'd like to share or you have any questions you want to get to, we can wrap up with that if you'd like. You usually ask me the questions. I figured I'd turn the tables this time. 
Yeah, I appreciate you turning the tables. One thing that I thought was cool, and I don't know who asked it, but somebody asked because we're both from here. Okay, here it is. It's from Mark. Growing up as Buffalo sports fans, is there any piece of Bill's memorabilia you own from the past that is particularly special to you? That was an interesting question. Do you have anything? Okay, so I saw the question. I actually intentionally avoided it because I have too many Uh, things. I feel like I'm like picking your favorite son or daughter, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like. There's so many things, but no, it's a great question. It, it, Mark, I mean, like, I will tell you, I have, I have a keychain that's glassed and it's not up here where I'm sitting right now. And in the glass, there's like a little piece of square glass. And in the glass is a little, like a quarter size piece of the old turf. Now, Matt, I'm not talking about the turf they just redid 10 years ago. I'm talking about the turf that Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and all them ran on before they went to this type of turf in the nineties or early two thousands. Yeah. And I played on that stadium. I actually had an interception in the class C championship game in 1989. And uh-huh. I think that's to me, why it makes it special and personal to me is that's the turf I played on. And I got a chance to have a little piece of that on a little keychain after they got rid of it. That's really cool. I've got a couple pictures. If you're watching this on the YouTube page, sales sports, this is probably a good plug for that. I've got a couple pictures behind yeah. me. I've got one picture of Kyle Williams last game when he went and did the loop around the stadium and I'm standing right next to him with the camera on my shoulder. So that was cool to kind of be part of that moment and have the picture from one of the photographers who covers the team. I also have a picture of Josh walking off the field in his first ever game. That's right there against the chargers. And I'm standing right next to him with my camera. So that's cool. And then there's this one. This one is like particularly special, especially after the last couple months here, but that is myself my mom and my dad on the field at Highmark Stadium. This was my first home game as the sports director at Channel oh, 7. It. And it. I was able to bring my parents oh. and, you know, both of them growing up in Western New York, massive yeah. Bills fans. So I will uh, cherish this picture for the rest of my life. That is for certain. Yeah, I have um, I have some really cool pictures with Max on the field, but that that that's great, buddy. I, I think that's awesome to see your dad there with you hit there, and that's yeah. something lasting memory for you for a long time, especially you know after recently you, losing your dad. So very cool you shared that with us. Good question, Mark. Really appreciate it. I did intentionally avoid it the first time because I didn't want to. I had so much. I have so much stuff. I'm like, ah, now it's about my son and all stuff he has, which is super cool. Like his room him. is just filled with Bills and Sabers memorabilia, and it's all signed stuff. It, Matt, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Like, you know this. In our job, like, we can't do it. I don't get him anything. He's got to work for it. He goes down and gets players' autographs near the wall yeah. and things like that. For sure. I think that's like a misconception. Everybody is like, hey, can you get me to – can you get Josh to sign this for me? Yeah. And it's like, no, I can't. <laughs> and actually, I don't want to either. It's just like a that's weird great. line that I'm not willing to cross. Okay, oh, okay. there's this was a good question. Who is the X factor? for the bills to take the next step is Gabe Davis, the top choice. This is from Scott who asked the question. I think Gabe Davis is a good answer, but I think there's actually better answers. Okay. Who's the X factor to take the next step. I, I have. Oh, one. If you oh, want. I, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to say three, two, one. I bet we have the same guy then. You ready? Three, yeah. two, one. Greg. Rousseau. Greg Rousseau. No yes. kidding. Let's go. Yes. yes. All right. Well, we're, this is why this is why we do the podcast together because we maybe we think alike. I think if Greg Rousseau takes the next step with a healthy Von Miller coming back and yep. Leonard Floyd, the defense could be pretty scary. I also think just from kind of what we've seen and from kind of putting the pieces together, I think they're going to be a little bit more creative with Greg Rousseau this year than they have Great. been in years past. Imagine you're playing the Chiefs in a playoff game and it's third and 12 
And when it's third and 12 against the Chiefs, you always think Mahomes is going to convert, always. You're like, okay, he's going to throw it to Kelsey for 13 yards. They're going to get the first down. What if the Bills roll out a look that's Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Greg Rousseau at tackle, and Ed Oliver? I think you would like the Bills' chances at creating some pressure and getting after the quarterback. So I think we are on the verge of some really cool, unique formation stuff for the Bills, and I think Greg Rousseau will be quite literally a big chess piece involved. Really cool. I like it. I will give you another one. I think Kalosh Shakir needs to make a step from year one to year two. We talked about him like wanting to see more. I I liked what I've seen the last few days of practice. He did drop a punt in the the Friday night practice, but he had a really nice practice after that. I want to see a little more from Khalil Shakir because he might have an expanded role and need to have an expanded role with the injury to Naeem Hines if he's going to return punts. And obviously, I think I'd like to see him, you know, be the consistent player. I saw him coming out of college and what I think he can be in the NFL. I think that's a good point. I think Shakir, though, for me, might still be a little bit too much of a secondary option to think that even if he did take the next step, I don't know if I would necessarily consider him an X factor. Like, is there a world where Khalil Shakir gets more catches in play than Deontay Hardy? Or than Probably Trent Sherfields. And I don't know if that's the case. So if we're really talking about the Bills' fifth receiver, I guess how big of an X factor could they ultimately be? This will be the last one that I bring up. Okay. I thought this was a good question. I want to ask it. I want to make sure I get their name right. Um, I'll find it. But the question is, any any chances, like, who could be a surprise cut? Like, is there anybody who you think could be like, oh, wow. Like, that could be. that's from Bobby. Is there anybody who you could say, ooh, they get cut and, and it cut. surprises people a little bit. I mean, could Shakir be on this list? I don't think so. No, now I don't. I don't he's got to be I don't, he's gonna be playing. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Maybe one of the offensive linemen. Like, what have we seen David Edwards do so far? I mean, they signed him from the Rams. I don't know if it's a surprise cut, but it's a veteran. I'm not even predicting he's going to be cut. He could make the team. But yeah, I mean, that's a tough question to answer. Okay, it's got to be one of the defensive linemen. Okay, that's going to say it's going to yeah. be one of one of Boogie or Shaq or Jordan Phillips or someone like that. I agree. I, I think that I don't. It's tough. It's tough. I agree, but I don't think they're going to get cut. Like that's kind of where I'm at. But how are you somebody? That? What do you think? They keep ten to ten defensive linemen. Is that well, probably the number? Are you putting Von Miller on the roster or not? No, no. He starts okay. on pub. Okay. So then you have Russo, Floyd, Basham, Epinesa, Lawson would be five. Oliver mm-hmm. Jones, Settle Phillips, Ford would be another five. That's 10 defensive linemen. That's a lot. You can justify it. You can mm-hmm. justify it. You're going to go thin in another position. Particularly yeah. nine, I think. Eight or nine. Nine is usually the high water. But even if you go 10, when Miller comes back, someone's got to get released. So let's just say he makes the team. Yeah, that's tricky. I don't know. I don't know because I also don't think – I think it's a really, really long shot, but they like Kingsley Jonathan and they like Shane Ray. So those guys, I, I don't know what you do. I don't know if any of those guys have leapfrogged some of the names we've mentioned. Also, I think something that might be a common name that gets thrown out there is AJ Epinesa. I don't buy that at all. Like AJ Epinesa is on this team, I think. I would be – if I I would be very surprised if AJ Epinesa is not on this team. And I think some people might say like, oh, well then use him as a piece that you could trade so you can keep Boogie Basham because he's a year younger or something. I, I don't think that. I think there's a drop-off between 
you know, it's Von Miller, then it's Leonard Floyd and Greg Rousseau, then it's AJ Epinesa, then there's a little bit of a drop off, then it's the rest of the guys. They like Epinesa. On top of that, if he's that much better, they're trying to win a Super Bowl. They're not trading yeah. because a guy's a year younger. You know They've already I mean? got like, 49 picks next year. They don't need another one. Right. So, I mean, maybe on another pod coming up, we could like, could you be a trade candidate considering all these things we talk about? And a lot of these names would come up. All right. Well, the Bills are back after it Wednesday and Thursday at St. John Fisher. Saturday, High Mark Stadium, 1 p.m. against the Indianapolis Colts. It's going to be fun. It's time. Preseason is back. Matt, you enjoy yourself. Let's uh, thank Lucas is still around helping out. We have a new producer as well. Mike Rabier is uh, aboard producing. So, Mike, thank you. Great job, Lucas. Great job. Thank you for helping Mike along. And uh, we're going to be seeing a lot more of Mike as well. So, John, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt, I will see you at St. John Fisher University on Wednesday. Marges for the last night of training camp sale. Marges, Lakeside Ooh. Inn. Bring your sandals. One yeah. last night before we have to come back to Buffalo. Just, Maybe just know there. that's the plan. All right. You're listening to this, folks, hopefully on Wednesday. That's where you'll find Matt and maybe me Wednesday night. Marge's on the lake.